Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. If you'll take out your Bibles and let's go together this morning to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. I love this passage of Scripture. Isaiah 55, beginning in verse number 10. This is a verse we all can relate to. The rain. How many of you believe the word is relative? <laughs> the rain and the snow come down from heaven and stays on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow. And then, you know, I don't know about you all, but the last few days I've thought, okay, Lord, enough rain. Okay, Lord. We probably don't need this much all at once, Lord. How many of you sometimes have misunderstood what God was doing? How many know not only is he Lord of our lives, but he's Lord of the rain? I hate to tell you this, but he's Lord of the snow, too. Notice what it says, the rain and the snow come down from where? From the heaven to stay on the ground to water the earth. There's purpose. They cause the grain to grow. They produce seed for the farmer. Here's where you and I come in. Bread for the hungry. Don't miss this part. It is the same. Somebody say same. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always, say always. always, it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. You and I can understand rain, and we can understand seed. We can understand the time of harvest. We are just wrapping up the season of harvest. Those are principles you and I understand. If any of you have ever uh, planted a garden, you understand what it is for seed to be sown. You understand what it is for the crop to grow, and you understand what it is to have a time of harvest. We understand that in the natural. In this passage of Scripture, he says it's no different. The principle is no different with the Word of God. And I pray today the eyes of our understanding would be opened so that you and I could see as simple of a process as the seed and the sower and the harvest are, so the same is with the Word of God. Oh, Jesus. It's the word believe this morning. 
I'm telling you, ever since I arrived in the building, the word just believe, just believe, 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 believe. That's what this passage is about. You see, you and I see the seed being sown, and you, as we drive down the roads, we see the corn growing and the soybeans growing. We see it with our natural eye, don't we? We know harvest is coming. We know that those things begin to dry up, and then the farmers get in the field, and they are reaping the harvest. I pray in the name of Jesus, you and I will be able to see inside the Spirit today. We'll be able to see inside the spirit realm because he says, so it is with my word. He said, I'm taking an example you know and you see and you understand. And he says, that is a a principle that I've set, but I've done so in the natural. Now I want you to see what I want to do in the spirit realm. How many of y'all know this is a spiritual book? This book is not bound by the words of man. It's not bound only just by the leather and the covers on it. It is a spiritual book. It is uh, not bound by the limitations of mankind, but it has the liberty of all of heaven at its disposal. And why is that? It's because it is called the Word of God. His Word always produces fruit. His word always prospers everywhere he sends it. That's why today you can go to nations where the word of God has been outlawed, and yet the word of God is prospering and producing fruit. It is estimated now, This when I saw this statistic the other day, blew me away. It is estimated there are at least one million believers in Iran today. ha, <laughs> ha. Where they've said, this book doesn't work, it's irrelevant. In fact, they've outlawed it. You can't have it, you can't speak about it. You know why? Because you know what you do when you get afraid? You try to control everything, don't you? They're afraid of what will happen if the Bible gets out everywhere. They're afraid of what will happen if people speak about Jesus a little bit more. Because when they speak of Jesus in the streets, when they speak about Jesus in the house, we know that things begin to change. And so they said, we're just going to put a cap on it. But what they found is you can't contain it. We're trying to pull it together. And it still gets out. It still gets to where it needs to go. God says, you can't cap me. In the communist uh, gatherings in China today, well over 10,000 people are coming to Jesus Christ every single day. (laughs) Why is that? He said, my word will always produce fruit. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. You say they've outlawed Bibles. That doesn't matter. His word will prosper. I know there's countries today where all they have is one page. Listen, God can do with one page more than you and I can begin to ask or even imagine. Why? Because it is his word word. Don't ever think there's not a phrase, not a verse, not a chapter that is unimportant.
important. Why? He says, I'll take my word and make it prosper everywhere I send it. It's more than just a book. It is the word of Almighty God. And his words in this book have power to produce. I like the, our, our text in the NIV says this, my word will not return void. It will accomplish whatever I've intended it. Who? Who? Only believe. Only believe. Hmm. Only believe. You know what the challenge is? The devil is, he was in Genesis and he's still alive today. And as he was in Genesis, he said, did God really say? And he's still using that same lie today. The answer to that is yes, God did say. <laughs> the response is just the same as Jesus gave in the wilderness temptation. It is written. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. Paul says to young Timothy and to you and I today, but as for you, continue in what you have learned. I love this phrase. And have become convinced of. Because you know those from whom you've learned it. My life and many of you, your lives are rich with people who were ahead of us, who paved the way. You and I know the gospel today because somebody, maybe it was your grandma. <laughs> I don't know. How, so many of us, we had powerful grandmothers, didn't we? And, and they'd tell you the word of God and they'd speak the word of God and they'd pray the word of God. And you had parents and you had uh, other believers. I grew up in an environment where older men and women would pray over us. In fact, it was my father and another older gentleman in the church who prayed for me the day that I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It wasn't my youth pastor. It wasn't my peers. But it was those who had gone ahead of us. And I had seen God work in their life. And that's what Paul is saying here to young Timothy. You know those from whom you've learned it. You've become convinced of it. And how from infancy... You have known, there's an important word right there, how from infancy, if any of you in this room work in the nursery or in the preschool and the toddlers, I pray in the name of Jesus, if you've ever thought you are nothing more than a glorified babysitter, I pray that that gets out of you, and I pray this passage will get into you, where I remember growing up and people spoke the word of God into my life when I was in preschool, all the way back, listen, you see, all those babies could do is sit there and take a bottle and spit up, and we need to change their diapers. You speak the word of God into them. You're speaking life. He said, how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures. I hope we have 25 more people sign up for the nursery today. Mm -hmm. He says, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures. Here's some good stuff for you, which are able to make you wise. For salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Here's the part we've got to get down. All Scripture. Somebody say all Scripture. All 
How much is that? That means cover to cover. All Scripture. Yeah, but I don't like that one. All Scripture. Yeah, but I think the world is changing. We need to put the Bible in context of what's happening in the world. All Scripture. Cover to cover. Don't you dare come to me and say we need to take that one page out because it don't work for my life. <laughs> then you better change your life. <laughs> All Scripture. They say it ain't politically correct. It doesn't matter. It's heavenly correct. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my word will never pass away. All Scripture. Yeah, but... Yeah, but that doesn't make sense with what's happening in the world. Then the world's confused. Mm -mm. Yeah, but what about, yeah, what about cover to cover, cover to cover, cover to cover. In the 1700s, 1800s, 1900s, in the year we're in now, and a hundred years from now, cover to cover, cover to cover, cover to cover. All Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is God-breathed. That's a great word for us, isn't it? Ooh, it is God-breathed. We find another example of it being God-breathed, and that's when you go back to Genesis, and God created man from the dust of the earth. And the Bible says he breathed into man the breath of life. If the enemy ever tries to tempt you to believe this is just a book, this is the, it's the breath. It is the inside. It is the essence of God. Jesus. Every morning when you wake up and it's 6 a.m. and you got sleepy eyes and you're sitting there and you open the book, the wind of the Spirit blows in. The wind, oh gee, it is God breathing into you. It is God breathed. Why? It's His Word. All Scripture is God breathed. Wow. Dear Lord in heaven. Dear Lord in heaven. Just believe. Just believe. Just believe. Just believe. The world would say, yeah, but it's not relevant. Yeah, but uh, things are changing. Yeah, but uh, we're, we're not kind of going that way. And, and this is how we see God. And, and this is how we think God thinks. All Scripture, go back to it. All Scripture is God-breathed. The generations will pass, he said. Men are like the flowers of the field. They, they, they grow. Have you ever noticed there are some flowers? They are just so flamboyant. We were driving down the road the other day, and most of the soybeans on the road down from our house, they were all brown and, you know, dying out and just kind of blah. Right on the side of the road was these vibrant purple, I mean royal purple, I mean, purple, purple, purple 
just like somebody had plugged them in that morning and had charged the batteries overnight. I mean, they're just gleaming purple in the midst of all that. Let me tell you, there are men that will grow up and rise up, and they're going to be like those flamboyant flowers, but the Bible says it's temporary. It's temporary. It's temporary. So when people are saying God is not relevant anymore, listen, God is relevant. You're just temporary. Let me just tell you, you're temporary. When they say, yeah, but the word of God isn't relevant to this generation today. Yeah, you're just temporary. So is this generation. Just believe. I'll be honest with you. If you and I can't settle this, the, the, the last two weekends we've talked about the atonement, we've talked about the power of the blood. If you can't believe that all scripture is given by inspiration of God, then the last two weeks you might as well not listen to it again on, online because it's irrelevant. It doesn't work. If this is not God's word front to back, then actually you should have stayed home today and slept in. If this book is not true from cover to cover, then don't even bother telling anybody else about Jesus or what Jesus has done in your life because it's not real. If this book is not true from cover to cover, then you, you might as well forget telling your doctor, I'm not going to take the treatments, I'm going to pray and believe my God to heal me. If it's not true from cover to cover, then you forget it, just forget it. Actually, if it's not true from cover to cover, I should have retired 30 years ago. If it's not true from cover to cover, then you have, if you've spent your life living for Jesus Christ and you've given to support financially the work of the kingdom, if it is not true from cover to cover, then you've wasted every dollar you have invested in the kingdom. If this book is not true from cover to cover, every prayer you prayed has been in vain. If you can't count on the fact that this is the infallible, that's an important word. If you can't believe this is the infallible word, you have nothing in Christianity. You're nothing more than just a world religion. If you don't believe this is the inspired, God-breathed, this, let me, hmm, Jesus there's no difference in the words in this book than the words he spoke at creation. And I think we could all agree together. How many of you would agree with me the words he spoke at creation were kind of important? I would say they were kind of powerful too because I, you know, I, I, I have only met people when they say let there be light. It's usually at our house and I say, honey, can you turn on that light? And she goes over. Now, I will tell you, we're getting fancier at our house because now Paula can say, honey, can you turn up the heat 
and uh, I'm sitting on the couch, and I pull out my phone. And, yep, there it is, baby. And she'll say, you know, the light in here in this room is not very bright. Can you turn up the light? Boom. But I'm still bound by the fact if the phone ain't working, how many of y'all experienced that before? You go to show somebody, I've got the neatest app. This is so great. And you go to do it, and it will not work. It won't load. It's temporary. Temporary. When you say to someone, can you turn on the light, they have to manually, normally, get up and walk over to a light switch and flip on the light. You know why? That's because you weren't the creator. You're just the recipient. But Genesis tells me there's one whose name is the Almighty. Genesis tells me there's one who is the I Am. And in the beginning of creation, he didn't go to find an app. He didn't go to find a switch. In the middle of the darkness, he just said, let there be light. No wonder the scriptures say the darkness doesn't comprehend it. What just happened? <laughs> We've always been dark. What is this thing? He goes, you call it light. Let there be light. When he said, let the waters and the land have their barriers. He's the one that said to the ocean, you can only come this far. He's the one who said to the earth, I want you to operate in this fashion, and I want you to operate so that we have the four seasons. If you don't like winter, you'll have to take that up when you get to heaven with God because it was his idea. <laughs> he spoke. He spoke. He spoke. And I don't think there's any of us in this room that doubt the power of his speaking. I don't think any of us doubt his ability to create just by speaking the words. But somehow there's, there, there has uh, come about a disconnect between what he spoke in the beginning and the book that I hold in my hand. We somehow have come to the place where we can say, well, yeah, but I kind of disagree. That's kind of like God saying, let there be light, and the light going, well, I kind of disagree with your move, God. When, when he says to the waters, you can only come this far, and the water says, yeah, but it'd be a little better if we were up a little farther. Ridiculous, isn't it? That's about how ridiculous it is for us as humans to say, I don't think I quite agree with God. And they say, well, it was put together, all these men wrote, and you know, it's been handed down, and, and as it's been handed down, it has, uh, it has lost some of its meaning and some of its power, and, and the real meaning has been diluted. Listen, don't you think that if he can create the world, that he can keep his word pure? Are you telling me that the God of heaven is dependent on whether Zondervan 
rendered it correct or not? Are you telling me that the God who created everything can't keep this accurate? Are you telling me that the future of God's Word is based on whether biblical publishers have been right or not? I think the Word itself says heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word, here it comes, will never pass away away. Doesn't matter how many publishers there are, his word will never. Never. I've always loved the story. There's a man many, many years ago, his last name was Voltaire, and Voltaire said, Christianity, within a hundred years, Christianity will be gone and extinct. And I will tell you, over the history of human life, there have been many men that have stood and said, it won't last, it won't last. I've always been blessed by this story because on the 100th anniversary of Voltaire's death, in his house, they were printing Bibles. Men are like the flowers of the field. They spring up for a little while. They wither and die and they're gone. But the word of the Lord. Say it with me. The word of the Lord. Say it again. The word of the Lord will last forever. 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 Just believe. Just believe. Just believe. Just believe. Just believe. believe. When you pick it up. God, I pray for revelation right now in the name of Jesus. Every day when you pick up, ha, ha, let, oh, Jesus, give me the words. How, how many of you have ever felt like having devotions, reading your Bible was one more, this is really going to put you in line, but I'm going to raise my hand so you're safe. How many of you ever felt like reading your Bible, having devotions is just one more thing you've got to get accomplished in the day? If you've ever experienced that feeling, would you raise your hand? Okay. You know, it's like, oh, I, oh, I got it, man, I got it. I, you know, I really want to watch that game, but oh. <laughs> haven't read my Bible. <laughs> you're not saying, but internally going, God, you're really messing my day up here. <laughs> we felt like it was one more thing to do, almost like it is a matter of works. I pray today for Holy Spirit revelation into our hearts, mine and yours, that every morning, it may be 6 o'clock in the morning, maybe when you, I'll be honest with you, I am not the best guy to do devotions at 6. My wife can do devotions at 6. But when my wife is sound asleep at 11, I can do devotions very well at 11 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. And so you know what? He doesn't care whether it's 11 or it's 6 a.m., when you sit down, Jesus, when you sit down and you open the word, there is a spiritual activity that's beginning to take place. Now, now listen, when, when I read, I do a lot of, of aviation study, and I read, and I try to memorize, and, but nothing happens. I read those books, and I've never had a day when I go, 
you're not going to believe what I read this morning. The theory of aerodynamics has changed my life. Actually, not long ago, Paul and I were together and... uh, we were at the hospital, and her father was having a procedure done, and so we were down in the cath lab area, and we're sitting there, and it's quiet, and so I brought my aviation books. So I'm reading, and I stopped, and I looked, and I said, good Lord. I'm having to, like, read this paragraph three times just to get the meaning here. And I'll be honest with you, that's been a month and a half ago or so. Don't remember even what I read. (laughs) It was something about the laws of lift. (laughs) But I'm not different today. But when I pick up this book, something happens. It it, it begins to see it's one with the Holy Spirit that's living inside me. There's this, there's this thing going on. You know, I don't know if you've ever been challenged like I have, but sometimes I feel like, man, I'm just not a really, really great reader. My wife can pick up a book and read the whole book in a day, and it takes me a week to get a chapter in. You know, it's challenge. It doesn't matter. If you read the first verse, there's this spiritual work that is taking place. So when you pick up your Bible and you begin to read, there is this spirit to spirit work. God is once again, the word is being breathed into you. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, Jesus. Hmm. Jesus. Oh, this should not just be one of the books on the shelf. It ought to be the book on the shelf. You know what was used to real popular back in the, I'm going to say the 70s, probably real popular. Everybody had one of those big family Bibles on the coffee table. You know, that, that one, nobody knows who actually got it or where it came from. But it's there, and it's, you know, this big beaming Bible on the coffee table. I'd say there was probably something about that generation. They knew that the Bible wasn't intended to be on a shelf forgotten about. But it was supposed to be in the family room, in the center of what was happening in our lives. And I would tell you that we need the Word of God to be central to what's happening in our lives. Listen, you, you need the Word of God not because you need something else to do, but you need the Word of God for the spiritual work that happens in you when you begin to read the Word of God. God breathed. God breathed. God breathed. I have had sometimes where I have read, and you've probably experienced this too, sometimes where I've read the Bible and I went, oh, okay. Leviticus. You ever read Leviticus? <laughs> you ever sometimes go, why, God? Why did you put, and you're on one of those Bible reading plans, and you're reading Leviticus. Yay, God! (laughs) When you come in contact, even if it's Leviticus, 
or lamentation. There's something that begins to happen when you read the Word. It's kind of like, how many of y'all like to eat? Ford McGibbon is not here today. He would have shouted hallelujah at that moment. <laughs> if you've ever been out to eat with Ford, it's the most funny thing in the world. Ford, the food comes, and Ford starts dancing around in his seat when the food comes. I, I've never seen anybody get more excited about food. But man, he does. And you know, in, in a few minutes after we leave here, y'all are either going to go to your homes or um, you're going to go to restaurants. Some of y'all may go buy the fast food and you may eat it in the car. But wherever you eat, you have this process that's going to take place. You have something that's set before you. And then you're going to use the fork, and hopefully you're going to use the fork and the spoon. <laughs> Some of y'all may be like Ford, and you just tear into it, you know. <laughs> but you're going to use those, and there's going to be a process of transfer. It's going to take what's on the plate, and it's going to come into here. And, and, and all you're thinking about is uh, my belly right now, Pastor, hurry up, because my belly is talking and it's growling, and it's saying, I'm hungry. And, and what's going to happen is the only thing you're concerned about eating lunch is you don't want to be hungry anymore. You want to be filled. But what you don't see happening is the process that God designed in the beginning is that when you eat your food, your body is able to pull out iron, and it's able to pull out vitamins, and it's able to pull out carbohydrates. It's, it's able to pull out all these things that while you're eating it, it's going to start going to work, and, and your brain is going to need some more uh, uh, omega fat, and so it's going to put it in place, and, and your liver's going to need whatever your liver needs, and, and, <laughs> and your heart. <laughs> I should pull Melissa back up here today. <laughs> And your heart is going to pull out the things your heart needs. And your blood is going to pull out the things your blood needs. And your muscles are going to pull out the protein. I got that one. It's going to pull out the protein. And it's going to go all the places that your body needs it. So that not only is this about you just getting full. But it's about you being whole and complete. And we understand that process, don't we? We do it every day. Nobody, nobody that I know goes, well, man, I, I really got to fit lunch in. It's a busy day. I, boy, I don't know. And actually, what we usually do if we don't get to lunch on time for lunch, we'll eat two lunches. <laughs> <laughs> have they not, Paul, have they not heard about second breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> it's a process we're committed to because we know the difference it makes. Now, let's just be honest. If it, We could all probably go a little while without eating, couldn't we? Some of us a little more. Some of us a little less. And I'm looking at absolutely no one when I make statements like that. <laughs> but we could go a little while. But if we go too long, what's going to happen is we're going to become malnourished. And what's going to happen is your bones are going to start getting brittle, and 
the protein that was going to the muscles won't go there and you'll start getting weaker and you won't be able to move as well and you won't be able to do as well. My mother in her uh, last few years, there were so many times that uh, I'd go by the house and I'd say, Mom, how's it going? She'd say, it's going okay. I'd say, what did you eat today? Well, as your parents age, they, they say well a lot. Well, I had some coffee and I had a piece of toast. And I would say, Mother, you can't just eat toast and live. She'd say, well, I wasn't hungry. So I'd pull off one of them real smarty things. I'd say, you know what? Those insurers that we bought you and we put in your refrigerator, you need, if you don't feel like eating, you just, you drink an insure. Because without it, her body would continue to weaken just like your body would continue to weaken in time. And you know what? The, the, the truth is I can go a few days and not eat, and next Sunday when I come, I'm going to look the same way, unfortunately. <laughs> but I will. But if I went a few weeks when I came into church, you'd go, ooh, something's changed with him. The Word of God is not just something else to do. I would tell you that the Word of God is more important to you than the food you eat when you sit down for a meal. Here's the point I'm trying to make in all of that. When you sit down and, uh, and you put the Word out in front of you, it's just like sitting down and putting that plate out in front of me. Now, some of you are going to use, you know... Um, I tend to be the kind of guy that um, I want to eat everything with a fork. You know, if we eat some food, pull it. You know, I could eat ice cream with a fork. <laughs> as long as it gets in there, doesn't really matter. Just get it. And Paul, Paul is a dedicated spoon kind of person. I'm not really much of a spoon person. I will if I have to, but she will. My point is, it can get there by different means. And so here's my point. Some of you may lay the physical Bible, and, and I will tell you, listen, the physical Bible is an important part of your life. Don't just blow it off just because you've got an iPad or an iPhone. Um, sometimes I think the importance, what it does, it brings a, a, a level of importance and respect into our lives, uh, a place of honor, okay, into our lives. Um, that, that's a side note. That's free. But what happens is when you lay it out, whether it's your iPad and your, you know, I love sometimes. I, I took a couple years ago, and because, honestly, because when I would sit down to read the Word sometimes, I was concentrating more on my reading than I was what I was receiving. I would uh, put version on, I'd get out my Bible, and I would let it play the words, and I'd follow right along. And I can't tell you the things I picked up I never picked up before. My point is this, it's important that what's in here gets in here. So if it comes through, through the, uh, uh, the, the Bible, the, the physical Bible, if it gets through from the iPad or the iPhone, what's important is not the method of how it gets in there, but that it gets in there. Because when you sit down to do it, what's happening is this, you say, well, it's just words on the page. Yeah, that would be true if it was my aeronautical books. But these are God's words. And so when you sit down, the word, it comes in. And you're thinking, you know, I've just got to read the word today so that I've got it done. And, and so that later I can watch the game and it won't interrupt. 
And I can say, well, I've checked it off today. I read the word. What you don't understand, it's not about that. It's not about just getting your belly full. It's about what happens when you read. Because when you read the word of God, God takes part of it and he takes it here. And he takes it there and, and he takes it here. And he takes it into your life wherever you need it to be. And you're like, I'm not even aware. I'm not even aware. You know, you weren't aware this morning when you ate your oatmeal that the oats were being fiber to your body and they were being nutrients. You were just eating it. And sometimes we read the word and we think, I'm just reading it. But what you don't understand, the Holy Spirit is working spirit to spirit. And it's breathing the very life of God into your being. Listen, I'm here to tell you, don't read the word just so you have another thing checked off on your list. Read the word of God because it will change your life. Well, we never did finish that passage, did we? Here's, here's why I will wrap it up with this. Thank you, Tammy, for putting all my notes in there that have been totally irrelevant for today. <laughs> Let's go back to 2 Timothy, Tammy, if you help me, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 to 17. I want to go back and recap that, because what we're going to see is we're going to see the correlation here. Um, I, I mentioned earlier about when you eat your oats this morning, how it's, it's right now, while you're sitting in here, your body is still putting those things because it's God-given design. He's putting it wherever you need it. We're going to see the word works the same way. Let's begin in verse 14, uh, back to the beginning. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it, and how that from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able, they are uh, a, a, able to produce they are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Here's the part I want you to pick up. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful. Okay, here's, we talked about the oats going to where you need the oats. This is where the word goes in your life for teaching. How many of y'all ever need taught? I need taught. It is useful for teaching. It's useful for rebuking. It's a word we don't like. Well, who are you? I don't know, but this who he is. You can't tell me that. He's telling you. You know how many times I have preached sermons that people said, came up afterwards and said, what, if you were being in the car with a bug this week and hearing our conversation, I'm not saying it. He's saying it. All scripture is useful for teaching, for rebuking. Here's another word we don't like, for correcting. Now, normally we view correcting as, uh, you know, um, Johnny, straighten up. Susie, straighten up. Walk right, do your right thing. But actually what that's talking about, we've just read, he rebukes us. That's the, that's the tearing down, if you will. Correcting is about restoring it. The correcting is, 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 is putting things back in proper alignment. 
Scripture is good for putting things in right alignment. Notice this, it's good for training in righteousness. We need to be trained in righteousness. We need to be trained on how to live as believers. We need to be trained how believers are to live and act and talk and do. Now all the shouting going to quit, isn't it? <laughs> we need to be trained. We need to be trained. How many of y'all ever thought you were right and you were absolutely wrong? The Bible tells it this way, all a man's ways seem right in his own eyes, but the end thereof is, depending on what translation you read, it says destruction, trouble. Yeah, I've gotten in a lot of trouble before because of my thinking. We need to be trained in righteousness. Here's, here's, the, here's the outcome. So that the servant of God, who is that? That's you and that's me. So the servant of God may be thoroughly, I like that word, thoroughly equipped for every good work. How is it that we don't know what to do in telling other people about Jesus? We've not been trained in righteousness. We're not thoroughly equipped. Why is it that we have to go find the pastor if somebody needs an answer to a situation? We're not thoroughly equipped. You see, y'all have the idea that because I stand here, I am a uh, know-it-all when it comes to the Bible. You say, well, you know, somebody asked the weirdest question. I don't know. Let's go ask the pastor. <laughs> y'all may not believe this, but I don't know it all either. I'm on the same kind of journey you're on. God wants to speak through you. God wants to thoroughly equip you. And you say, well, that could never happen. I go back, here's the word. Just believe. Just believe. Because I can tell you this. When, you, you see, oh, Father. When you ate your oats this morning, and you ate them, and your body put the protein where it needed. Your body and you did not know after a while there may be something strenuous that you're going to have to do. And what's going to happen is when you start to do it, the protein's going to kick in. And now you've got the ability to do what you need. Sometimes you read the word and you're like, it's just going in. And I don't really feel anything. You don't know what's going to come up tomorrow. And you don't know what's going to come up next week. In fact, Jesus said this, don't worry about what you're going to speak. For at the right time, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak. What is he tell us to speak? The word of God. The word of God. It may come later. Just take it in. The truth is, this all comes back to one thing, and that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I can tell you this. You will never settle into this being the God-inspired word from page to page until you come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And I'm not telling you, you won't struggle even sometimes after that. But I will tell you that as you walk along the journey, you'll become more convinced. In fact, the words in the text we just read, he said, the things that you have become convinced of. The longer you walk with him, the more you're going to learn about him. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, friend, nothing else matters. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I will tell you this. You and I, neither one have hope for tomorrow. I want to give you that hope. I, want, I, I, I can lead you in that direction. I'll point you towards him. It's all about a relationship with Jesus. Would you bow your heads? And those of you who are watching online, I'm so thankful you've been with us today. And I would say to you, my friend, that if you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to welcome you today to invite Jesus into your life. Um, friends in this house and those that are watching online, just going to lead you in a prayer. And friend, today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want to invite you to pray this prayer. And, and really what you're doing, I may be leading you, but you're the one that's inviting him in. So let's, let's pray together all across this house and online. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the God who created it all. I believe you have a purpose and a plan for my life. Before I was born, you purposed me to be in relationship with you. And that's what I want. So today, I invite you in to be the Lord of my life. Today, I confess all of my sin to you. I ask you to forgive all my sin and to make me your child. I believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, once you've started on that journey, this is going to be the guidebook. I love when I get into my car and I have to go someplace I've never been. My phone will say, not this light, but the next light, turn right. I love that his word is like that. It's a lamp under my feet. It's right here, but it's also a light for the path. It leads me ahead. The word of God is to be that in your life. I want to pray today for you. He has so much for you. Oh, you can't imagine all the great things he has in store for your life. If you've been on this journey a day, a week, maybe you just prayed the prayer and invited Jesus into your life and you're just starting the journey or you've been five years, oh, friend, it's going to be a great journey he's going to take you on. I want to pray now for you. My Father God, it's in you that I trust. It's in you that I have full confidence. I pray today for these that have listened to these words. I pray, Father, somehow today through my analogies and examples that you've been able to reveal your plan and purpose.
Lord, if our Bibles have become dusty on the shelf of our life, pray today you'll inspire hearts to get it off and dust the Bible and begin to open the pages. And God, I just ask you that as we begin to open your word day by day, God, would you breathe into us? Breathe in purpose. Breathe in us teaching. Breathe in us rebuke. Breathe in us correction. Breathe in us instruction. God, that we may be thoroughly equipped as your people. Let your word. God, I pray that as a church and as individuals, we will return your word to its central place in our life. It is the word of God. I pray today these words will not just fall on our ears, but I pray today for revelation. And I trust you for it, Lord. And I believe in you and in your ability to accomplish it. In Jesus' name, amen. May God our Father bless you. May he grant you a love for his word that other people think is irrelevant, unnecessary, and way overdone. May his word shine on the path of your life. May his word guide you. May his word keep you. May his word equip you. May his word instruct you and train you. May his word rebuke you that you'll be better. May his word correct you that you'll be healed. May his word be at work in you that you will be thoroughly equipped. I speak the word and the blessing of thoroughly equipped over your life and in your life. Thoroughly equipped you will be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So be it, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. We love y'all. We just pray the very best the Lord has, and as always, may the joy of the Lord always be your strength. God bless y'all. Have a great day and a wonderful week, in Jesus' name, God bless.